0: I don't care if it's the best. I don't care about accolades or anything. I just, if you're going to listen to my stuff and you're going to listen to these songs, I feel like in a way you are holding space for me, whether you come from it with negativity or positivity. Each song you're, you're carving out like three minutes, two minutes, four minutes for me to express how I'm feeling and I I just think that's really beautiful with music in general.
1: Welcome to Making Conversation with me, Grant Bryden, a podcast about music, creativity and careers. For this series, I've sat down with a range of artists and creative professionals in order to learn about how their unique experiences and perspectives can help us in our own creative and business practices. For this episode, I spoke to singer, songwriter and producer Orion Sun. In the midst of a global pandemic, she has released her debut album, Hold Space For Me, a vulnerable and emotive collection of songs that's suited to soothing listeners in uncertain times. In conversation, she's as open and honest as in her music, and during our interview, recorded via Facetime from her home in Philadelphia, we discussed the theme of self-isolation that was already present in her work, her self-sufficient approach to making art, and how she's worked on overcoming struggles with doubt. So how have you been finding this adjustment that we're all having to go through of life in quarantine?
0: Very interesting. Uh, I'm an introverted person. So at first it wasn't deviating from what I normally do. But then I just started to realize as time was going on that I spend a lot of time outside. And um, yeah, it just felt weird also to drop my album during this time um, and not be able to tour and so it's just been a lot of reflection and just yeah an emotional roller coaster for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah I'm personally feeling like there's different waves and some days feel better than others and then some can be more difficult.
0: Yeah absolutely I mean It's just so awkward because, you know, this album has just been the anchor of so many of my days for so many years. And for it to be out and sort of not have this thing where I'm like, okay, can't wait to improve it or see where I can go from here or just have it just be out. And then also, I don't have my other anchors that I normally have that anchor me to the day, like going to the gym or you know, going to a restaurant or going to see a friend. And so I just really, I'm really in this spot where, yeah, some days are nice. Like I try to, you know, create, I started painting, which feels really nice. And other days it's a battle of trying not to beat myself up for not doing anything and literally just being still and yeah, not doing anything.
1: Yeah, I keep seeing these kind of two schools of thought. There's the one that's like, we should be being productive and learning new skills and using the time. And then there's the other one, which is just like, take it easy, relax, give yourself some space, because we've never been through this before. And it's kind of just difficult to get through a day sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's definitely been my motto. Just literally take every day as it comes and what comes of it. Is just that, <laughs> yeah. Just to be a little gentler with myself.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, where is it that you're spending your time in self-isolation? Where are you right now?
0: I'm spending it in my home in Philadelphia. Yeah, and it's cool. Like, I I don't, I don't deny myself the pleasure of like you know going for a walk when it gets too crazy, you know. But sort of just been keeping inside. I'm sort of blessed. I have a little like cement backyard little square that I try to catch the sun when it comes.
1: (laughs) So you've released Hold Space for Me, which is your debut album, and you've put that out in a time where it's difficult to get out and promote it in the way that you might have wanted to. And I think as a music fan, I really appreciate you doing that. And this is the type of music that I think is really needed right now. I wondered whether there was ever a discussion around pushing the album back or whether it would still come out or whether that was not a thought that ever crossed your mind
0: oh it definitely crossed my mind I was feeling a lot um the week leading up to the album and just the slow realization that yeah all of these things you had planned are either postponed or just not happening um I was like, OK, you know what, what is going to happen is this album is going to come out because I was finished this album March of last year and I was really hoping to put it out last year. But, you know, everything in due time. So by the time March of this year came around, I was like, ah, nah, yeah, this sucks. But like, at least I can release this from me and have it just out in the world because I don't know when I released music. Especially back in the day, I I, I would just like finish a song and just post it on SoundCloud. And not necessarily for recognition, but so I could move on. Like I literally needed to release it. And it always feels like a weight has been lifted off of my chest. So to this day, releases still feel like that. So it was very important for me to just sort of follow it through and get it off so I can make other stuff.
1: It's interesting, looking back, that there's been this theme of self-isolation present in your work for some time. You're the sole character in two of your music videos, Coffee for Dinner and Lightning. I wondered what had drawn you to that theme ahead of everything that's happening now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very... Uh, life makes me laugh so much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was definitely going through a time... For, like, I think, the past like five or six years of just feeling like I couldn't really um, talk to people about what I was going through or felt comfortable confiding in my close friends all the way about the things that I was feeling how just these external things in my life are affecting me internally. So... Yeah. I just wanted to kind of get that out. And, you know, at the end of the day, music has always been a constant of mine, has has always been a thing that I never felt guilty for expressing myself with. So, yeah, I, I just definitely, I've definitely felt isolated. And it's just so peculiar now because I was starting to sort of get out of that dark place. And then now the whole world is in a, dark place it feels like so I'm still in it but I'm a hopeful person and I know that everything is temporary even the good stuff so this will be over soon enough
1: yeah and I'd imagine that you're looking forward to getting out and performing these songs for people
0: oh yeah I mean up into this oh man uh I there was a point where I was practicing every day and just really excited and because I've just been an opener for so long and for for bands that I love, but are th- that are not in my considered genre in my head, the genre that is me in my head. So it just felt cool to one, headline a show, but also curate a lineup where it made sense to me.
1: And I noticed you've been spending some of the time in quarantine doing beat battles on Instagram Live.
0: Oh, yeah. But, you know, I feel like everyone is just, like, like on the Internet. So we've been kind of bouncing between Instagram Live and Zoom, <laughs> which I've never heard of before quarantine. So shout out to them. But, um, yeah, I've just been kind of, like, hosting. Because I'm a producer and a beat maker myself, and I have – tons of friends in philadelphia um that produce and make beats and i miss sort of getting together and i don't know sharing our beats sharing knowledge of music so i was like you know let's just kind of take it to the internet and see what happens but i was so surprised to see that my reach kind of was beyond Philly, was even beyond the country. And it was just cool to kind of bring these people together to share beats, just, you know, wholesome, competitive fun.
1: (laughs) So taking it way back, what's the first memory that you have of hearing some music and being affected by it?
0: I think I've always loved music, but the first time I, I actually heard a song, like heard it, and realized the power. I was going to a funeral with my mom and my brothers and I forget for who because I was really young but she was playing this Fred Hammond CD and, you know, we listened to it the whole day but then... You know a couple of days went by, I guess weeks or whatever, and then I heard that song again, and I instantly was transported back to the back seat of that car, where we were going, how we were feeling, what was happening, and I think that was the moment where I realized like, whoa, like music is very, is the closest thing we have to time travel it is and it just became really addicting, and I really liked that music was always a part of my life in this way but that was the first time I realized that there's something more to music than what I thought.
1: And what was the first music that you felt like was your music that you were bringing back into the house yourself and that you were discovering?
0: Oh I mean the first album I ever bought with my own money was 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye West and Streetlights is still one of my favorite songs, and I'm just so conflicted with how I feel about him now, but when I just think of the music, I'm really grateful for that album. I thought it was really beautiful. I thought it was a really good combination of sounds that I like, but yeah, that was like the first secular CD or like CD that I bought with my own will. For sure, yeah.
1: yeah. And what was it that urged you to first start creating and making music yourself? I'm
0: a firm believer of like, sometimes you gotta just, if you want something to get done, you have to do it yourself. Because before I started producing, I was, I taught myself guitar and I was like, this is great. Like, I will play guitar, write music on the guitar, and just sing with my guitar and that's it. But, I started like YouTube surfing of like tight beats and all these things, and like nothing ever quite fit me. It was like maybe I've gotten close, like maybe just like a half size down, and it would be perfect. But and so I met up with this guy, and we were just like cooling or whatever, and just chilling. And he was like, Yo, like, let me, yo, let's just make a project. And I was like, oh, we're OK, <laughs> let's do this. So, yeah, I was like going over his place like almost every day after work and just like putting in hours and putting in just, I don't know, whatever. And then at the end of it, he was like, OK, so five thousand dollars for everything. And I was like, there's broke. And then there's like levels underneath broke. And I'm like at the bottom, (laughs) like I have no money. So I just I felt really betrayed and really just like heartbroken because I noticed in the industry too, like money is always talked about last. And it's like, no, like (laughs) I would feel more comfortable if we talked about how much this is going to cost before I move forward, because I would have never did this. So he ended up keeping everything, which wasn't too much, but I was like, okay, you know what? I kind of looked at producing like playing a guitar, which is different than learning to sing. You know, when you learn to sing, you can be bad for like weeks and then all of a sudden it just, you hit it, you hit the note and then you got it. But then you have to like keep doing it to ensure that you have it. But with something like guitar or production, literally if you do it every single day you see progress it's not this thing where it's like i hope i get good it's like yeah if you put in the work you'll get good and i like things like that so i was like you know what let me just take a year not do anything but just work and learn the software and i was really blessed that a friend of mine she had like upgraded to a new laptop so she gave me like her 2008 macbook And I was just, like, using GarageBand on there, like, no tomorrow. (laughs) And that's how I made my first project.
1: That self-sufficiency has been a thread that's also run throughout your work, from coding your own website and designing that to creative directing and animating videos. Do you think it's important that an artist can get hands-on in other elements of the work outside of the music?
0: Outside of being an artist, I do want to say that I think as we progress as a human race and just the progression of how everything is going, I think it's really important for people to at least know a little bit of code and to at least know how to work certain technologies. But, um, as an artist, I'm like, look, I think it's important if you have a vision. Like, I think it's important if you know exactly where you want to go because I know some people that really shine when beats are given to them, lyrics are given to them, vocals are given to them. You know what I mean? So I'm not really the kind of person that's like, this is the only way that I think art should be made. But as an artist that sort of has a complete vision and not necessarily complete in which I know exactly where I'm going to go and what it looks like, but I know the path at least that I have to take in terms of what sounds I like, what I want to write about, all of those kinds of things. I think it's really important to really be hands-on and in all aspects of the art that you do. Cause like no one can do it for you. That's the thing. It's just like, no one can know what's going on inside of your brain other than you. And I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that have the patience to sort of like pull it out of you. It's, it's best if you sort of lay the groundwork.
1: I guess sometimes we have that thing where our taste level is ahead of our actual ability. Yeah. And I wondered how close you get in your work to that initial idea or vision that you have for it in your head.
0: I get I get pretty close. I mean, in my head, I'm nowhere near where I want to be yet in all aspects of my artistry. Like I, I truly feel like a baby, just sort of fumbling around, sort of like Velma in Scooby Doo, just like looking for her glasses on the ground when it comes to music, but, you know, when I find those glasses and I put them on, it's very clear to see that, yeah, I made this beat, it came out of me and it is as close as expressing how I'm feeling in this moment. But yeah, I mean, to get to where I wanna be, it's definitely every day, just, I'm learning piano right now and just really just trying to make it feel as natural as playing guitar feels to me. And that can only um, just improve getting really, really close to expressing how I feel. And I only say that because when I start a song, I don't really have a plan out other than, okay, I need to express myself. So it's never like I want to go into the song playing, you know, d minor and you know what I mean? or like anything like that it's just like this is how i'm feeling let me try to score it
1: what was it about the guitar that made you gravitate towards that first
0: i think it was just such a great companion to my words to this day i always check my lyrics on guitar to make sure i feel them and they make sense to me. Yeah, I just thought it was really a really cool vessel. It's kind of explaining why you love your first love. I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The song Antidote feels like a really important moment for you in your career. What kind of space were you in when you wrote that song and where did that song come from?
0: Yeah, I wrote that song during a time where everything was falling apart around me, but I managed to get my first car. And just the freedom I felt being able to go anywhere. Like, I would say in my head all the time, like, wow, if I wanted to drive to California, I could. (laughs) Or if I wanted to drive to the beach today... I could and and it was funny because my first car was a minivan so it just felt right to just sort of provide transportation for my friends <laughs> like we drove up to to SOBs in New York to see a show and I would drive my friends home and I just loved driving so much and it was just such a bright spot in such a dark time. And so yeah, I just sat down, I was playing with these piano chords and yeah, the rest is history. I mean, I definitely have a couple sets of lyrics to that beat, but I think completing this song gave me the realization that from that point on, I will know when every song is done because the feeling I got my third time just trying different lyrics and how it felt listening back to it, I was like, kind of got goosebumps. And then I immediately had the car tested. And then I was like, this is, this is finished. Like, (laughs) but obviously looking back now, it was just so much that I've learned you know, from moving on from GarageBand to Logic now to Ableton that I wish I held on to that song a little bit longer because I would have tweaked a few things. But in turn, I think that's kind of what's charming about the song, just me just using the resources that I had and just delving into my brain and my heart to express this freedom that I felt with having my first car.
1: I know you've spoken about before the idea of fighting perfection. And I wondered how you've come to terms with that and how you've come to terms with releasing music that's so vulnerable.
0: I'm such an overthinker. So it's it's become daily practice to shut that part down and just be like, no, no, no. no. In my head, there are some things that are like, yeah this is clashing like no don't leave that fix that or these chords don't go together or what are you actually saying here so those kind of things I'm like yeah okay let me fix or let me try something different but for the most part yeah like especially melody especially things like lyrics When they feel right initially, trust it. Because I am such a heavy taker. Like, I'll do 30, 40, 50, 80 takes and then come back to like the first or the second one. So it's just like, yeah, okay, let me actually learn from this. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, I mean, also too, like, don't be afraid to sit on a beat, sit on a song. Like some days I'll put my initial thought down, move on, work on something else, come back to it in a week and be like, "Mm, I actually don't like this. And then you try again. So I'm not saying, you know, trust your initial thought and never look back. But I guess what I'm trying to say is as corny and cliche as it sounds, you will know. Like it's this kind of overwhelming feeling where it's like, this is exactly what I want to say, what I want to hear right now.
1: Was releasing music ever difficult for you?
0: No, only because I use SoundCloud as a diary of sorts. I'll just be like, yeah, i just put it out and just like keep working. Because in my head, I'm just like, every time I'm getting closer and closer to what I want. So I've always had this relationship with releasing music as a release within me, for me only when people like comment on it or I'm seeing my follower count go up on SoundCloud does it remind me, like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay, people are listening to this. This is kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, releasing this record, Whole Space For Me, through Mom & Pop, it was just, like, such a different perspective on how... The industry views releasing music and how artists perceive releasing music in different ways but um yeah to me it's just like yeah I just need to express it and get it out of me it's it, releasing music to me is sort of just like yeah it's, it sort of feels like writing down how you're feeling or your fears or what you don't like and you know that Um, I guess it's like some sort of therapy or something, but you can like throw it off a bridge or burn it or something. That's what releasing music feels like to me. It's just like, you know, let me write how I'm feeling and then let it go.
1: And I love this concept of the test tape that you have where you share these little demos and remixes and ideas that maybe won't fit an album, parts of songs and things like that. And you just upload them as a mix on SoundCloud. Why did that become part of your process?
0: Test tape for me is very crucial to my artistry only because I don't care what anyone has to say about what are on these tapes to the point where I don't name the songs that are on there. It's just one giant song. <laughs> and I needed that in my life only because as I was seeing, antidote sort of rise in the way that it has been doing i was getting really scared because i know how that song came about but i don't know why it's so why people like it so much so i just started thinking about that like what why do people like this what do people like um what are people But it just like made me be like, oh gosh, like I have pressure on a thing that I started doing to relieve pressure, and so test always brings me down when my head starts to want to explode. It just brings me down, and it just reminds me that hey, you can do whatever you want; it's fine. Like, I I don't care if people like test tapes or the test tapes. I don't care if no one listens to them. And it just gives me an outlet outside of, you know, my more serious things to still express myself. But I don't want to I don't want to sell them. Like, yeah, because I love sampling and stuff. And I'm like that whole process trying to get everything clear is so annoying. So i just put them out into the world and move on.
1: At what point did you decide you were ready to start working on an album? And what was the early part of that process like?
0: I think I've just experienced so much that I was making songs. And then they just sort of became the album. (laughs) So I was just like, today sucks. Let me write something or... I guess a definitive moment for me was when I lost a friend of mine due to senseless violence. And it just really put a lot of things into perspective for me. Like, uh, we, I never know when I'm going to be here. I have no idea when it's my time to go. And that sort of thinking changes everything. I'm like, okay, I want to get something out of me in a serious way. Because if I were to pass away and a collection of fleeting moments and daydreams was the only thing out there, I would be okay, but I wouldn't be as happy as I am now. Like I feel like I've grown so much and was able to show that growth between the two projects. And leaping now from whole space to me to what I want to do next. Same thing. Like, I'm just, I'm so excited to just grow and make as much as I can for as long as I can and sort of just give the world the art I make before it's too late. It's definitely this yearning that I have to release that I don't know where it comes from.
1: At what point in the process did you feel like you had an album rather than a set of songs? When did you get the title and the concept and stuff like that?
0: The, the concept came and the album name came very late, very late into it. I just knew I had these songs that all made sense together. And I constructed the beats, wrote the lyrics, had pretty pretty solid demos for the most part. I mean, lightning was the messiest only because it, it really took Jake Aaron to really see where I wanted to go with this song. <laughs> I showed it to multiple people and they were like, mm, this is messy. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to do. Um, yeah. But for, yeah, for the most part, it was just like, yeah, these all make sense together. Like, and so, yeah, we were getting that, getting all that done. And then during the mixing process, birds gave up, just kind of slipped out of me. And I was like, I want to put this on the album. Uh, I don't want to add anything to anything different or anything. I just like recorded it here, recorded the vocals here, mixed it myself. And I was just like, I don't want to make this any complicated, but this has to be on there. Because I did feel like the album was missing something. And I was so happy that there is so much space between finishing something and then releasing because you have this window to really make sure before you pour the cement, that it's exactly what you want it to be. So I'm happy that song kind of like slipped out of me so we could add that in there. But yeah, this just like everything in my life, I'm very, I like to have a plan, but I love to go with the flow, especially with art. So I just knew these things made sense but the concept came a little later when I was discussing with my partner just everything I was just feeling everything so much that day specifically, and I'm the type of person that doesn't really feel comfortable feeling my emotions in front of people because uh, I just feel like a burden like i've I've watched people sort of get uncomfortable with me when. I'm feeling. so it was just sort of a brand new feeling to be expressing how I was feeling and not feeling like a burden and feeling like my my thoughts and all those things were valid. and I don't know, they really held space for me. And I've just watched that act be so transformative in my life to the point where I'm like, hey, that's all I ever want when I'm doing this music thing. Like, I don't care if it's the best. I don't care about accolades or anything. I just, if you're going to listen to my stuff and you're going to listen to these songs, I feel like in a way you are holding space for me. Whether you come from it with negativity or positivity, each song you're, you're carving out like three minutes, two minutes, four minutes for me to express how I'm feeling. And I, I just think that's really beautiful with music in general. So that's sort of how that concept came to be. Cause I was like, yeah, that's all I ever want, honestly. <laughs> and I want to do that for other people too, because people have to understand that it's also transformative when you hold space for people that you don't necessarily love and that, get on your nerves and you don't share the same morals but like if you can uh, I guess I don't know be the bigger person for lack of a better phrase sort of like hear them out see where they're coming from you know one not to fuck with them (laughs) two they're literally maybe crazy or three they're hurt and they need love in some form in some way so it's a, it's a lot of emotional work, but it's it's so necessary. It really changes lives.
1: Obviously, you just mentioned Jake, Jake Aaron, who came in and did some co-production on the album with you. How was that process of opening up and working with a collaborator after having worked alone on music for so long?
0: It was an adjustment. Um, I definitely went into it being like, I don't want to change anything but the vocals. Like, I just want to re-record my vocals that's it and he was like cool with that but then as we were going on i was like he was he would suggest some things that could make things better and i was like okay good point (laughs) there's a lot of just like swallowing sort of like the pride that i had you know demoitis is also very very It's a real disease. You know, you listen to something for so long that it just is right in your brain, but it could be better. So overall, it was a really good experience. I feel like I've learned a lot. And we did have a few bumps just because I I felt like I wanted things to be what they are. And because he's such an amazing person, he kept them that way. But he also was just prepared and ready. I mean, I've never worked in a studio before. So it was just so amazing to just have these different kinds of mics and super expensive mics. And to be in a space where, you know, your bed is not across the room or, you know what I mean? It's just like you're in here to make music. And that just kind of puts your brain in a different mind state. So... It was really cool. I think I got really lucky to work with someone like him because I think he understands what I'm trying to do. And he understands that I want to continue producing and I'm more than just a voice and sort of like aided me in that way. And my favorite part was everything that he was doing, he was explaining. So he was like teaching me to the point where finishing up that album, I've just learned so much about Pro Tools, about gear, about, you know, how to EQ stuff to make things sound better and to give space for certain instruments and the vocal. Because I used to mix my vocal really low in my previous tracks only because I'm a little insecure about my voice. I'm not like the best singer, but it's a good enough vessel for me to get across my poetry but he sort of like gave me the confidence to sort of push the vocal up, and have it really like sit in the track in a really nice way. So that's really cool.
1: Do you ever feel like your role as a producer is overlooked?
0: Yeah, but you know, I feel like I'm. One of my goals is to make sure that doesn't happen. So I think with this album coming out, hopefully I can. Perhaps get some, you know, producer inquiries and be like, hey, can you make a track for this? Or I've gotten a few already, which feels really nice, but also it feels really scary just because I'm like, oh, like I know how to make beats for myself, but I don't necessarily know if you want the kind of beats I make for myself or do you want me to use my taste, but make something that caters more to you. So it's just a lot that I need to unpack to sort of really get the respect and like be on that path of just if if anyone wants to work with me just for production they could but yeah I don't know I it's hard to say now just because I'm so like I said before I'm just I feel like such a baby like I feel like I'm like just walking into this for the first time and looking around and Still in awe that people even care enough to listen, so in my career as a whole, hopefully that doesn't happen, but I feel like people are still discovering me
1: there's a part at the end of Holy water where we hear a flight landing in Paris. I wondered what the significance of that was
0: oh yeah i mean i've I've loved Paris for so long um definitely romanticized it, and yeah I mean. My partner is a musician as well, and they were gonna be touring out in Europe. And um, yeah, they took me to a French restaurant here in Philly, and she was just like, "Uh, yeah, come to Paris with me. (laughs) And I was like, what? What? Oh my gosh, are you serious? I cried in the restaurant like not dramatic it's just like silent tears of joy of pure joy and yeah I went and you know I like to record little sounds just in general like if I'm walking down the street or I hear a cool conversation or you know so that's just already in me but something has told me to just get this because I don't know when I'll be back and this is possibly the coolest thing that's happened to me (laughs) so I just wanted to put that in there because holy water is also a love song and I really love this person and it just makes sense like our love really grew and continues to grow but it definitely grew a lot while we were there so um just felt right if anything if I listen back like 30, 40 years from now, hopefully what happened to me when I listened to that Fred Hammond song could happen and I could be instantly transported back in Paris (laughs) or on that flight and remember how I was feeling.
1: And how does travel in general influence your creative process?
0: Oh man, it it influences so much. Uh, I've always loved the idea of traveling and getting able to travel has changed my life so much Um, and is part of the reason why this whole thing sucks (laughs) (laughs) because it's just like, wow, even like going somewhere close, like a national park is like not even an option. So I do feel a little stifled in that way, but I don't know. I think it's really important to just see outside of where you are currently I love traveling so much that I would even watch, like, traveling videos and, like, I don't know, just, like, 4K videos of people, like, walking through the streets of, like, Japan or, you know, just to feel like I'm there with them. So, it's, it's really important.
1: What do you think is the most important thing that you've learned from the process of making this particular album?
0: I don't think there's one thing in particular just because I've learned so much. But if I had to pick one, I think doubt. I think learning about doubt and learning about the negative effects and the positive effects of doubt and learning what to do when you start to doubt yourself and recognizing when you overcome that or. Or when you do doubt yourself, why? And then learning to answer that why is just, just helps with so much. So it's like, I I doubt myself. I feel like I can't be a singer or I feel like I can't produce for someone else. And then you ask yourself why? And then an answer or not, you get an answer. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's not a thing. Or maybe I do know why. But then why do I feel like I can at the end of the day? So it's just, I don't know, just being very inquisitive when doubt comes into your mind has been something that I've I've learned throughout this whole process because... I was really scared. I was really scared to not necessarily make the songs that I did, but put them out. And, yeah, I'm really happy I pushed past that, and I hope I continue to do so.
1: And was there anything that you read or that you watched or any conversations that you had that helped you to push through those doubts that you were having?
0: I started reading Barry Holiday's book, Ladies Against the Blues, and I'm like, yo, she was so different at a time where I don't even know if that's necessarily a good thing. I mean, it was racism during when she was coming out, but also she was doing something that not a lot of other people were doing. So there's a risk there yeah, it could go good or it could go bad. And just, you know, she had like drug problems and stuff, but when you see past that, I see a very strong woman. I see a woman that didn't care what was popular, didn't care about anything other than her art um, and singing. And that's something I strive for, I mean, Obviously, she cared about the people in her life, like me. I care about the people in my life. But I really want to get to this point, which I feel like I'm getting there and every time I release, I get to a point where it's like, nah I, what's popular, I don't care. Like I want to do what feels right to me. And she was a really good example of that. Same with Nina Simone. Same with a lot of people that I look up to. It's like a common denominator.
1: What are you most proud of about what you've been able to achieve so far?
0: Uh, persistence. <laughs> Not giving up. That's my my proudest achievement. There's just tons of time where I felt like maybe I should do something else or whatever. So I'm really happy about that.
1: And lastly, what does success look like to you?
0: Uh, I guess being able to continue to live off of my craft. Like, I haven't had a regular job since 2018. So that's been a blessing tremendously. And if I can continue to do this, uh, then I am successful in my head.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Making Conversation with Grant Bryden featuring Orion's son. If you like this episode, then please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can find Orion Sun on socials and listen to her album, Hold Space for Me, on all streaming services. You can find me on social media at Grant Bryden.